Welcome everybody to our Inspiring Thoughts podcast today. So I'm very lucky to have Graham Boyack uh, here from the Director of Scottish Mediation. So Graham, welcome on board to the podcast. Thank you very much. So uh, Graham's kindly come along today and we've got a series of questions that uh, I've sent to Graham around mediation uh, and the benefits of mediation. So um, Graham's going to cover those with us today. But before we get started, Graham, would you mind giving our audience a brief description and update of your career history so they can relate to you? Sure. So I suppose you could say I started out um, mainly working for students' unions and I worked for students' unions for about 20 years. Um, largely um, in senior management positions, um, end up um, where I was in Edinburgh. I was the title was permanent secretary, but um, it's a ten million pound turnover organisation, and I was the chief exec effectively. Um, I then moved on from there and did a number of different interim roles. Um, worked in theatre, did a stint for the ambulance service, and I've been in my current role, um, which is a small charity, uh, for just over ten years. Um, based up in Edinburgh in Scotland. Oh, fantastic. And it's um, it's nice just to have that variation to see different things and broaden kind of your horizon, isn't it, for a, kind of your career history? Absolutely. Um, I mean, a, a couple of them, even though they were fairly short, um, were very eye-opening. Ambulance service, large public service organisation, because I was um, <laughs> director, I was corporate affairs manager and board secretary. So you could really see what was going on in the organisation. Um, and I also hadn't worked in the theatres before, and I was a theatre manager. Um, but my job was to get rid of my position and then exit with a new structure in place. So it was uh, it was a really interesting one to do. Yeah, I bet that was an interesting one-to-one with yourself to say that you were leaving. Yeah, yeah, because halfway <laughs> through the process, my uh, the, the general manager said, are you sure you don't want to stay? And I said, I, I think the structure that we're looking to set up is the right one. Um, yeah. And so we, and I, as far as I'm aware, today they still have the same structure. So um, yeah. that's that's a good sign. Oh, it's a very positive. I always believe in legacy of what you've left behind. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a that's a really good um, attribute. So um, if we delve into mediation and the benefits of mediation, yeah. So um, in kind of um, a lot, I hear a lot of people in work go, we're going to mediate. So you get a manager throw two people into a room and it's usually the stronger person comes out winning and the other person may be a bit more submissive, submissive just to get out of the room. But yeah. it causes so much damage. But what what is true mediation? So what, what should people, people aspire into, Graham? I think what's true mediation is where you've got it's it's essentially a process and so you've got a third party who's a mediator and they'll facilitate the resolution of a dispute now whether that's between two or more parties um and the critical point of what they're doing is it's by the party's voluntary agreement usually by self-determination um so that you come up with something that's agreeable for everybody um now it's not necessarily you're not going to walk out of mediation and go yes I really I won that one. You're going to come out and go, that's something I can live with. Um, and it's something either I can live with and continue a relationship or in some cases, I'm not going to have any relationship in the future. But that's a, that's the course that I've decided to take. And I think the critical bit is that what the mediator does is, is they facilitate communication. They help to promote understanding. They're focusing in on the party's interests. 
Um, and by doing that, they're in a position then to be able to seek a creative solution to problems that are going to enable the parties to come to their own agreement. Um, and I think that's that's critical because a manager thinking that they could sit in and mediate two colleagues, um, there's various relationships going on there, which doesn't allow that mediator to be either independent. Um, they will be, I mean, I, I wouldn't say a mediator is absolutely impartial. What they do is they manage their partiality, but you're more likely to get impartial partiality if it's somebody who knows the parties. Um, so one of the things that you are advised to do as a mediator is not to mediate your friends and stuff like that or your close relations because um, you've got you've got a stake in whatever's going on. So very difficult to extricate yourself from that and um, help people in the way that a mediator would do. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating there about um, the purpose of the mediator is to create that kind of space of communication, trust for those yeah. people to move on um, and also to create that win win approach, isn't it? Rather than we see before people, I win, you lose that yeah. damaging approach, whereas the mediator. And I think um, also when I try and talk to people is if you've got a relationship that hasn't been working and people go into mediation, they're not going to be best friends overnight. But it's going to be a process to repair that relationship over time. But the mediation is a great starting point to help move those people forward. Yeah, and I think one of the things that often is the case is that through the nature of conversation that they can have, sometimes people don't know what the feelings have been between the parties. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's one of those ones I was talking to somebody else today about bullying. Um, There'll be many situations where somebody feels bullied and the bully has no idea that their behaviour is having that impact on them. And simply by having somebody tell their story in the safe space of mediation can then help. Um, and it, it can help have the realisation. And quite often, actually, what's important for the party who might be telling the other party about what impact their behaviour is having on them is seeing their reaction. Um, because that then provides an opportunity to go, well, actually, I'm being listened to, um, I'm being heard and I'm being understood. So easier to then move on. Yeah. And, it, and, the, and the part there as well is about that creating that safe space, that safe environment. Uh, and yeah. I think it, it was really nice that you put about an independent person that actually can help create that space, that there's no baggage or kind of influence or anything like that. Um, and I know that when a third party comes in that people don't know they're more likely to open up and build that trust rather than if it's a line manager that they go well is that going to be held against me can I be too open can I not be too open those kind of things it just yeah. creates a lovely space doesn't it yeah I think that's the case and there's also something for me about organizations where people have mediation skills and the potential that can have for the culture of an organization and how decision making takes place in that organization um, because one of the things from from our perspective as a mediation organization is we're interested in helping people to mediate, but also if organizations have embedded some of those skills within their management structures and for their employees, it can help disputes not happen because people are then on a personal basis more skilled at being able to deal with their own disputes so that they don't get to the stage where they need to be dealt with by somebody independent. It's, and it's it's the bit as well. It's, it's a great life skill, isn't it? 
yeah. to actually uh, and I remember when I went through my training just to even learn about walking in the other person's shoes so using a, a nine and a six perspective or looking at it differently to yeah. go oh actually what's going through that person's mind or what could be going through them to understand yeah. um, was kind of a life-changing moment for me rather yeah. than my way is the right way if that makes yeah. sense absolutely no I and the thing about being in somebody else's shoes um if you can get somebody to be able to look at things differently um you know even questions like how do you think so-and-so feels about that um or if you can get people to engage in those questions then that that can be very very helpful yeah yeah and what would you say are the main benefits of doing mediation or carrying out media mediation what would you see as the main benefits yeah, I think it's its ability to achieve outcomes. Um, and the first one comes from the fact that it's parties agreeing to something. Um, and certainly there was, I, I was astounded when I first arrived at Scottish Mediation, that in the courts, a sheriff court in Scotland may make a ruling on something and something like 60% of those weren't followed. Um, or sorry, only 60% of those were followed. In mediation, you tend to get between 80 and 90% of mediation agreements are enforced. Um, and it's because somebody's not told you to do something, you've agreed to do something. And I think that has a significant impact. And I suppose the, the one of the other big benefits is it's based around interests and needs. Um, it's not some sort of abstract. And that's the challenge for the mediator is a dispute on paper might be about X or Y. But it's usually not what the, the dispute you're dealing with is usually not what's written down. There'll be something underneath that that's driving it. And it's your job to try and get to the bottom of that and speak about that so that you, people can then have an ability to move on. Yeah. And it, it's that part, again, about interests and needs that usually when you go into mediation, you get that surface level what's written down on paper is the issue but when you really yeah. unpick and really get to uh, and I just find it fascinating when we start to work with people about needs rather than wants yeah. and the mind changes on the current the current and what's required rather than a desire and a hope that's not in their control it's fascinating yeah. just to even use that terminology isn't it yeah absolutely and the the bit around um what's lying underneath I do uh sheriff courts what they call simple procedure it's like small claims in england um i'm on a pro bono scheme that we do that in edinburgh and you know you'll get people coming in and there's a dispute about somebody's roof and the reason for the dispute didn't turn out to be necessarily the job that the roofer had done it was that the salesman had sold the job the roofer who came in then knew nothing about what the salesman had so sold the client but the client had used to been in the business, so understood stuff, but was completely ignored. And his beef was that he'd been ignored once we got into it. And once we were able to establish that, it was enough then that they were able to go, OK, I'll settle on X or I'll settle on Y in terms of a financial amount. And I think the same goes for, for most disputes. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, this is just Steveism, so I truly believe mm. that, you can move something forward a bit if people start to understand both perspectives yeah. um, 
and actually have that time to listen um, rather than people get caught up and build allies and they get caught up in the kind of the festering of the problem. It allows space to just kind of say, these are my true feelings, what's happening, uh, yeah. and just give that kind of that space for kind of chatting and talking it through, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'd say one of the other big things is it's around, and you've mentioned it already, it's around relationships. Um, you know, if two commercial organisations fall out, that could be pretty disastrous. If people fall out in a workplace, in a family, there's obviously that can have real big impact. And sometimes mediation can't solve that. But if it can and help people to have enough of a conversation to know, OK, in the future, if this happens, we know what to do. Um, yeah. And that might be they know the behaviours that they need to do, or it might be actually we might need to go back and get a bit of help. Um, because usually with most of those things, um, not being able to maintain the relationship is going to be expensive. Um, yeah. you know, um, and, and I don't necessarily mean that in just pure monetary terms, um, cause the impacts it can have on all sorts of different aspects of life. Yeah. And how did you, um, in your career come about mediation? How did you get into mediation? So I'd been looking for a job, um, at senior stroke director level in a small charity. Um, I saw the job advertised, applied for it. Um, I um, did a bit of investigation, made my presentation at interview and they decided to employ me. I then, at the, I'd said at the interview, and if you're going to employ me, I need to be a trained mediator um, because I couldn't have this conversation with you as director without actually having done it um, because it, there's, there's something about the reality of doing it helps your understanding. And so I got trained very quickly um, and then was able to um, take on the role. And I would say um, I recognized that in my previous roles, I had used bits of the skills of mediation. Um, but as Eric Morecambe once famously said, but not necessarily in the right order. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the things you really learn which is different because the skills are similar to coaching, they're similar to counselling, but there's a particular process with mediation which helps, in which you deploy the skills um, in order for it to be successful. Yeah, and it, it's um, and I, I like that part there of you weren't a mediator but went for that senior position as a career, yeah. but actually, so what I like to do when I'm talking to um, guests on the podcast is to find out more about their career, etc., mm. to show our audience that it's not always, you don't have to be trained in everything, but as long yeah. as you're willing to be trained or show your depth, yeah. it doesn't hold you back, does it? No, absolutely. Um, because the skills I was bringing to the organisation were management skills, um, yeah. marketing skills, those sorts of things. Um, and when I arrived, um, it was... I'd said it at interview, but it was then very clear to me, um, particularly because we're a membership based organization. And so our members have to have an understanding that I understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm if I'm representing a view of mediation to whether it's the government or, you know, anybody that we're going out there speaking to, then they have to be confident that I can deliver on that. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you see are the. Um the key benefits of organisations or colleagues training up as mediators or doing work in the mediation field? What would you see as the key benefits to organisations? 
Well, I think it's a fairly simple one in the sense of if you can avoid formal dispute resolution processes in the way that you resolve things that happen in your organisation, you're going to save money and time. Um, I've been to one employment tribunal in my management career, and I can only describe it as being anything other than horrendous. Um, we, I had made a mistake in process, um, not the actual decision, I took a decision to sack somebody, um, but had delegated the decision to one of my line managers. Yeah. We ended up in an employment tribunal, which we lost, but were awarded, yeah. we didn't pay any costs, we didn't have to pay any compensation, and the person who brought the case received no compensation. So effectively, the tribunal said, you, um, you, you did the wrong bit of process, but your decision was absolutely sound. Um, yeah. And my learning from that was the amount of time that that took, not just for me, but for members of my team. Um, and that was completely disproportionate to um, the nature of the dispute that had arisen. Um, and I think that that's a pretty big one. Um, I think there's also something positive if where mediations embrace, or sorry, where organisations embrace mediation about culture, um, because yeah. there is, I do think there's a strong link with people having those skills and organisations then um, being successful. Um, because I think you, you, because you listen to your employees through those sorts of processes, um, I think there's really big benefits in that. Yeah, and I, I love the way about um, a disproportionate cost to an organisation of the, because I think uh, I think there was something quoted recently about nine times out of 10, if people go down that harmful grievance, bullying, disciplinary approach, they only get nine times out of 10, they don't get what they want from it. Mm. So all that pain, anger, effort, time has actually gone nowhere, if that makes sense. But it's hurt so many people along that line, hasn't it? And what it does also, if you go into a grievance procedure, you don't have a conversation. Yeah. If you're in a grievance procedure or um, a disciplinary procedure of any of those sorts, you are not going to talk about the issues of concern to you. You're going to frame it in terms of what what the basis of that grievance is. And that's, and the you know, if you're bringing it as an employee or if the employee's bringing it as a disciplinary, they're going to be similarly bound by the process that they're in, which doesn't focus on either the needs of the organisation or the person in a lot of cases. Yeah. And I always find that the when it goes into that process of, let's say, grievance, mm. the true issue is lost yeah. by the end of it. And actually what people then are arguing over or talking about, about I win, you lose position, actually the real thing could have been talked about before if they had that conversation, couldn't yeah. they really solve it? And also, I think often if somebody goes into a grievance process and loses, there's a good likelihood that person's going to leave. Um, yeah. And the organisation, and there's a cost to losing employees, um, yeah. you know, in terms of experience and all the rest of it. And I suppose colleagues looking in, it can impact on them as well, um, yeah. you know, depending on the circumstances, particularly if some, particularly if it's one of those things where it's been seen as something that's unfair you know, um, and then other people, oh, that might happen to me type of thing. So I think it's uh, being able to promote, you know, good discussion, understanding, listening. Because um, certainly when I look at it, I know in terms of performance managing staff, 
but having those skills has helped me to understand staff yeah. better and manage staff better. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's coincidental that all my employees are trained in mediation. There's only five of us. Um, and so in terms of those conversations, um, we all know we've got those skills, but actually it, it does impact on people being able to see, say what they feel and having, you know, good, open, honest conversations. Yeah. And I think it also gets the point across, um, Graham, that conflict's OK. Yeah, there's absolutely. destructive conflict and there's also constructive conflict. I think yeah. people always think conflict's bad, yeah. so they always turn it into a bad bit. But I've seen some really good, healthy discussions mm. create a really positive environment that people may not agree, but they've yeah. seen each other's position. Does that make yeah. sense? No, absolutely. Um, I mean, a lot of innovation comes from conflict um, yeah. because in order to try something new, if you're in general terms, if you're going to try something new, then there'll be concerns, there'll be worries um, and all of those different issues. So if you've had a good conversation about it, then you tend to be embarking on it um, with more of a support from all of the people involved. Yeah, definitely. And it, you and I know the positive values of mediation. We could talk to it in a real passion. Mm. Why, if a colleague's in conflict, why would they want to enter into mediation? What would be the benefits of them entering into mediation? I think the first one is it's a safe space. Um, and certainly one of the things um, they can say is how they feel about the situation to the mediator. There's then a choice about whether they want the mediator to tell the employer how they feel about something. Um, I and mean, I know that some people, for example, have wanted to leave an organisation but don't know how. Yeah. And through a conversation in mediation, they found a route to be able to leave um, or they might have not necessarily started out with that view, but gone into the conversation and actually realised that as the mediator has asked them a number of pertinent questions about what they're saying. Um, I think there's the repairability thing that it, you're more likely to be able to repair things if you do want to stay, for example. Um, yeah. I think it's also the critical bit is it's up to them to agree or disagree. Um, yeah. You know, they can go through mediation. There might be something on the table. They can accept or reject that. Um, yeah. You know, they don't have to go along with that if they don't want to. And I suppose the last one is it's about the solutions not available in other processes. Um, yeah. You know, um, things like apology, um, understanding what actually happened and an opportunity just to, to tell somebody about how they feel about something. Um, and yeah. what their story was can be very impactful. Um, and as you said there, they're not always things that are available and very unlikely to be available in a grievance or a disciplinary situation, um, you know. Yeah, and it's um, the bit about having a conversation with the person. I always see that they um, um, kind of hold on to, and there's the ownership point to mm. actually have more control yeah. rather than what I call subcontracting to an investigator or a HR colleague, that yeah. they become the judge and jury. Yeah. Actually, it's you've got more control to get yeah. your needs met to move yeah. forward rather than someone else making a decision for you. I see that's so powerful yeah. that you're still in control. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's a difficult thing to convey sometimes to people unless they've yeah. actually experienced it. Um, but yeah, and I think there's a number of organisations who've recognised that and have now even embedded mediation as part of their procedures. Um, yeah. 
which which is a positive thing to do. Yeah, and I think those um, organisations that have embedded um, mediation part of their procedures that the culture shift mm. and change is magnificent within those organisations because they're yeah. actually trying to be positive yeah. rather than accepting that we've always done grievance, bullying, harassment this way, but we do nothing different and we just carry on. Yeah, uh, that, that I see that's such a positive cultural change. Yeah, there's a couple of universities in Scotland who trained up a significant amount of mediators um, in their organisations. And so they do all stuff from student complaints, they do employee disputes, they'll go in and um, help dysfunctional teams. Um, and within a university, you're large enough that internal mediators can fulfil those roles because, you know, with those numbers of thousands of employees, you're usually there'll be enough people who are distant, who, are, who, who won't be known to people. Um, and certainly, um, and one of them recently started it, one of them's been running for over 10 years now. Um, and it's something that they've continued to support and seen the benefits from. Yeah. And it's and I love the bit about distance, that the key to it is about that impartiality and distance. Yeah. So you, you kind of, I, I think that's, uh, you know, when I've trained colleagues over the years and they say, oh, you know, I'm going to do it because I know these people. And we're like, oh, no, yeah. no, no, you, you don't, you want that impartiality to yeah. really show and actually listen to those people rather than make up stuff they think the person's saying. Absolutely. Yeah, no, fantastic. And um, over the years, through your colleagues and through yourself, what's one of the most powerful stories you've heard about mediation? And we won't name names or organisations, but what's well, one of the most sentiments that's left you or most powerful? There's a couple that come to mind. Now, there's one that I will name, um, and that was South Africa and Mandela. Um, the the guy, William Urey, who's who wrote Getting to Yes, was involved in that. And he tells the story about how the clerk's people and one of Mandela's people um, got together over dinner. Um, one of the clerks people had invited one of Mandela's people over to dinner, which was very unusual at that point because it was a white person inviting a black person round to his own home. And the relationship of trust that they built up then enabled a, a good communication channel between those people, which then allowed for what was a relatively peaceful transition in what could have been, you know, you've seen other areas in the world where those sorts of transitions have gone badly wrong. On a more um, sort of micro level, um, there was a mediation around a medical complaint that um, I saw where somebody, the partner of somebody who'd passed away had had a complaint against the health board. And what ended up happening was that that person ended up speaking to the nurse who'd been involved in the care of the person that had died and simply through that conversation um, was able to understand how tell tell the nurse how they felt but they were able to understand how the nurse felt about it and i think they'd had a whole series of assumptions about how the nurse didn't care didn't like the the, the care that had been given and it was transformative um, there wasn't a mediation agreement signed at the end but it was the end of the complaint because the person actually understood that the person had cared, they had felt sad about what had happened. Um, and I think that was a, a really insightful one. Um, I mean, it's one where there wasn't going to be a continuing relationship, but it provided closure um, yeah. for the person's partner. Um, I think it was important it didn't happen immediately after because you need a time um, where you can adjust to them. Um, 
and this, I'll just sneak in another one as well. There was also an organisation who I helped get a mediator to who they were a bit of a collective in terms of what their operation was and through the facilitation that the mediator gave them to talk about how they were feeling about how they were going to take the business forward. They all talked about what they really wanted and it turned out that it was to pursue different things. And as a, as a result of the mediation, um, they ended up parting their ways, closing the business. Um, one formed a new business, one went to go and work for another organization, but that's what they really wanted to do. And until they'd brought the mediator in, they were bound by the idea that their the way forward was together. Um, and through questioning, it came out that actually that's not what they wanted. Yeah. And it, I'm just smiling there because I, I think everyone always thinks that you've got to have complementary needs yeah. in a mediation. But it's OK to have divergent needs and different yeah. needs. But Absolutely. it's one of those ones about moving the relationship forward. And if it is parting the yeah. ways but moves the relationship forward, that's going to be healthier than yeah. actually being stuck in that rut, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And it was I mean, I've um, I've been in touch with a couple of people since um, because I couldn't do that mediation because I'd had contact with the people involved before and I knew them. um, And um, they're absolutely convinced it was the right thing to do because they're enjoying what they're doing now. Yeah. And and I and the previous couple of uh, kind of um, uh, comments that you shared with us first about that nurse mm. with that um, implication with the sad news about the the colleague or the yeah. person passing away but actually listening to how they felt mm. is very powerful to rather yeah. than make assumptions because people do make assumptions yeah. of or they may not care and they did we're actually really listening and going actually that person really cared and felt is a very powerful way um, and I think not to get too political on that but going back to the South African story that you shared mm. If a lot more people were to sit around a table and have a chat, I think a lot of things would be different, wouldn't they? Yeah, and I think it's difficult. And one of the things we as an organisation have been involved with are how can we have better discussions about some of the things that are in high public spaces? Um, Because politics as a process can make it difficult for people to move away from quite strict positions because the nature of it is that they are subsequently competing for the electorate by showing difference. Yes. So it's not sometimes it's not easy to have open and honest discussions about the issues facing you um, because that might seem I I don't think it actually does, but it might seem to contradict with the other strong driver, which is to then compete for votes. Yeah. Yeah, and it, that that's I mean that's a really good anecdote and fascinating. Of you've got probably people that want to talk more, but actually it changes their political path or goes against yeah. the political views. But actually, a slight budge or flex can make yeah. a world of difference, couldn't it? Yeah, and I think there's uh, a role for for people who have got the skills of mediation to try and help create some spaces where those discussions can happen. Because if you're able to create some of those spaces and consensus can emerge, which has good backing, then that then might be easier for those who are in politics to be able to adopt. Um, Because quite often, if there's a consensus through the people who know about stuff, then actually that's easier for them to take on board. Um, You know, I'm, I'm accepting the thing where there's been obviously this argument against um, people who understand and people who know in in politics recently. Um, 
but I do think that still has an impact and, and can still be positive. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I agree. I agree. I, I think, um, yeah, definitely a good food for thought, isn't it, to Absolutely. kind of take forward. Um, yeah. and, be, and being nosy, because mm-hmm. um, people always ask me, what self-development are you working on in 2023 for your personal self, Graham? So I've just signed up to be a mentor um, for the Scottish Third Sector Leaders Organisation, which is called the COSBO. Um, and so I'm looking forward to both meeting other leaders and helping them to get my mentoring training. Um, and as the skills are complementary, um, I'm just looking forward to doing it. Um, I, I once mentored somebody before, um, but it was in a previous role and then a changed role. So I wasn't able to maintain it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that idea. Um, feel like you're able to contribute something back by doing that. And also, um, I'm keen to learn the skills because we're looking at whether we want to put in something in place um, for mediators to do the same for other mediators. And it struck me that one of the best ways to do that would be to see how somebody else runs it, pick up the skills myself, and then see what the best way to deploy them in our organisation would be. Yeah. And it's good just to um, acknowledge that and then stretch yourself, isn't it? So that, that the point that you just said there about finding out about it before implementing into yeah. your own organisation and how. And also, yeah. I love the way that you said giving back to mm. people your expertise and experience. Yeah. Um, my personal bit is I just find that super enriching for mm. giving back to people that they go and do something different or kind of makes a difference in their life. Yeah. Well, also, I'm absolutely clear that through those conversations about the problems and issues that they're facing, I'm surely going to get learning from that about yes. those problems and issues as well um yeah because that's one of the things that i think is beneficial about doing it within an organization like a causeful which is we're all in the third sector together is that there are quite a number of similarities about the way we work the way our governance structures are that learning from somebody else will usually be applicable to to what we're doing yeah yeah no, I think that's fantastic. And um, and how can people contact you, Graham, or with kind of the Scottish mediation? How can they kind of find out more? We've got a website, which is uh, www.scottishmediation.org.uk. Um, and we've got contact details there. I'm on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn, and I use those accounts primarily as work accounts. Uh, Scottish mediation are also on Twitter um, and we're about to make the organisation more visible on LinkedIn as well. Um, and so you'll usually see posts from me on those things. Um, yeah. And I'm always happy to speak to people. Yeah, and, if, and, and I know we, we've connected over through LinkedIn yeah. uh, over the years, which I really appreciate and always come back to me. And we always had a good discussion. So I really, really yeah. appreciate it. So, um, uh, Graham, I could speak to you all day long about mediation and the benefits to it. But sure. I just want to say thank you ever so much for uh, being a guest on the podcast today I think it's um, really humbling how you've spoken about the benefits um, actually creating a safe space for people to talk um, and actually being an independent party to really facilitate those conversations and the benefits just speak for themselves without yeah. a doubt so can I just say a huge thank you for coming on the podcast today and I really appreciate it Graham. Thanks for the invite Stephen I've enjoyed it too. Thank you very much.